0: Mornings FBI 94.5. That's Lorraine James with LJP1 with Patton. Before it caribou, you and I. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me, our beloved film lords Jen and Andre, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Mardi
1: Gras. Cuckoo, hello, my loves.
0: I'm very excited. Later in the show, we're going to be talking to someone who is running an internet themed avant garde niche AF film festival at a very cool underground cinema in Marrickville, and we have double passes to give away.
1: Two passes
2: of five films each. How crazy is that?
0: Before we get to any of that, though, is there anything you want people to text in in order to win?
2: I was actually really inspired by your recommendation of Ashfield Library for the best DVDs. If anyone could shout out where you can still get the best DVDs in Sydney... We'll give away these double passes. Or
1: give out a recommendation on where to find online movies because streaming platforms are exploding (laughs) and piracy is being attacked.
2: For my money, uh, I would recommend Canopy, Mm -hmm. which you can get if you've got a library card. That's legal. That's legal. After's library as well, and also the Pirate Bay.
0: Movie news. So I'm very curious to hear what's happening with birds of prey. got the two reviews treatment last week, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of panned a little bit in its first week. I saw in some countries it has sort of you know the opening weekend hasn't been as exciting as the producers probably would have hoped it had been and they've rebranded the movie a little bit
2: yeah they kind of um went all out with a real panic at the disco title when they first released the film birds of prey the amount eman- the fantabulous emancipation of harley quinn and they've changed it in most regions now to just harley quinn colon birds of prey
0: why do you think they've done that is that a marketing technique that they often do when films aren't going so well
1: well they're saying that because the film isn't as well as they had expected. They're attributing that to the fact that people don't know that Harley Quinn is part of the Joker Batman universe.
2: Well, no, they're saying that they're not. it's not coming up in Google searches. They did, like, an SEO survey. Is that true? Survey. Yeah, the whole thing has happened because people were trying to Google the film under Harley Quinn, and it wasn't coming up properly, or it just, I don't know. But do you think that's
0: why people haven't been able to go out and see it? Do you think that would really stop people from going and seeing it? I also
2: don't think they've spent, like, they spent a lot of money in weird ways on this film, and they weren't doing preview screenings, uh, they weren't getting the word out early. This film's really good, and everyone should see it, and I hope it has legs. I hope it's in cinemas as long as Parasite was, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's really surprising what's happening with films like this, because Maleficent, which had more than five years gap between the, the first and the second one and came out last year and had a similar situation where it didn't do as well as it was expected to, but there was a, a lot more marketing towards it. Anyway, I just feel like...
2: Despite it being really good and also being the highlight of the Oscars ceremony when she came up... Uh- her big evil Margot face, Maleficent no, came maleficent. Up, and uh, and just, like after Brad Pitt accepted his award and has been like the oh, sleazy accepted, single man around, and he, he was all so everything. beautifully. But then to see Angelina Jolie's giant face uh,
1: on the back screen. <laughs> I know we have a short amount of time, but Brad, when Brad Pitt got up at the Oscars, he was making the speech and talking about his career, and then he ended with, "Once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, ain't that the effing truth?" <laughs> oh <laughs> and
3: everyone was like, "I just yes! love my bros."
0: <laughs> now, anyway, let's talk about Olivia Coleman. She took out Best Actress with her role in The Favorite. One of my favourite flicks of 2018. Now she's going to be starring in something else.
1: Yeah, one of my favourite flicks of 2018 slash 19 was Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Kindergarten Teacher. And now the actress is coming back with her directorial debut, starring, and confirmed, Olivia Colman. It's going to be The Lost Daughter. And she's already tapped Oscar... Oscar hopefuls, I'm going to say, like Dakota Johnson, Peter Sarsgaard to star in the feature adaptation, which was originally a text by Elena Ferrante. So
0: what's The Lost Daughter all about?
1: Okay, so I'm not going to describe the plot, I'm just going to describe the themes around it because that's what everyone's attracted to, because I'll get to that in a sec, but it's basically about... uh, uh, I don't want to just say these buzzwords, but it's female sexuality in mysterious places that have been untapped. Um, I think it has a lot to do with Olivia Coleman's character and her age and discovering desires that were once uh, bottled up. And uh, when Olivia was interviewed about uh, signing onto the project, uh, she was kind of just like. I think everyone that's involved is really interested in exploring these different parts of themselves and their sexuality, and this is a great gateway for us to do that in a film
2: with Maggie Gyllenhaal directing. And Maggie Gyllenhaal also just got cast as Elvis's mom in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie. Really? That's legit? Mm-hmm. That's legit. It's confirmed. It's yeah. fantastic. I do not
1: care, but also I'm glad that that's happening, you know? <laughs>
2: Sydney News. Happy Mardi Sydney Grah. News, yeah.
0: Now, if you got along to see the FBI first look screening of In My Blood, it runs. It will be getting the two reviews treatment in just a tick. We're also going to be looking at the new High Fidelity. Track from Milan ring first, though. Say to me, language warning, you're on Movies, Movies. Movies.
3: glaciers is in two bits take the heat, you're melting too quick Wanna hold me, but you gotta lose grip I'm drifting out to sea, I know more loyalty Now yeah, hold up where your crew is Everything that you claim I did You've been doing so foolish The ship is sailed, now you won't be missed Sweet memories Bye to me
0: Mornings, FBI 94.5. That was Say to Me by Milan Ring. One no 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 two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. So. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two. reviews. Two reviews. reviews. Film Lord Ange going first. Within my blood it runs.
3: important to look after your family members. Push medicine it heals up your body. <laughs> Sometimes it goes to our hands. Juan is the one that I worry about the
0: most. He's got his own mind. Come on in. Mm, in My Blood It Runs, And what did mm. you think? Did you go to the FBI first look screening?
1: No, I didn't, unfortunately, but I... It showed
0: at Sydney Film Festival as well, didn't it?
1: I don't... I, Melbourne, I think. It's gone to every single other established film festival, including hot dogs overseas. But let's talk about In My Blood It Runs. Director Maya Newell, who we had on the show, had a really challenging job to adapt the life of Dwan, an Indigenous kid growing up in Alice Springs. He's trilingual, he's a child healer, his native language is trivialised by the school system... And the director basically sets out to document his day-to-day, especially how his family and his entire life has been jeopardised by the corrupt justice system. But you're watching this film and you kind of keep thinking, how do you show something that's like a familiar problem that you've heard about before in the news or in other documentaries about the plight of Indigenous communities in our springs, how do you show it differently? And I guess it makes you think that we all claim to understand the difficulties faced by people living in remote communities and people living in difficult circumstances. But the cool thing about the film is that it never sets out to shock with facts or attempt to like convince you of a truth that's wildly known or unknown. Maya kind of accomplishes something sort of different. She just shows the day-to-day and kind of creates magic in that normalness. And seeing Dewan stroke and whip the pain out of family members as a child healer is moving and I could only describe it as indescribable because it's so surprising to see something so beautiful and something that you've never seen before like that, which is a kid just, you know, trying to heal someone's broken leg. I pledge allegiance to this film. I think it's beautiful and uh, challenging, but also moving. Jen,
0: it's an it's an. I'll just quickly yeah. jump in there. It's Chime an interesting in. take about documentaries that they should have some sort of aim to convince, or you know, you go into a documentary, you already know you're going to agree with whatever its agenda is. But to just take more of a uh, fly on the wall perspective, is yeah. that what Maya's done with this one?
1: I think Maya has. Uh, Wanting wanted to balance uh, information and uh, the facts and the realities of what they're living through with uh, a sense of like wonder and an actual like magic. Like there are lots of scenes of Dewan playing with firecrackers, and you get the sense that she's trying to tap into these micro details of like the nature and the the dust that's you know crumbling through the air. There's like a sense of like kind of Terrence Malick uh, mystery to it all. So while it is informational, it's mostly spiritual. I think is the only way to say it. Jen, am I describing this right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I am think I feeling so it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the responses to this film go as it rolls out. It was made over such a long time. and That's it as well. Three years of footage.
0: So is it getting an, uh, more of an extended release now? Will it be in It's
2: going to be at Dendi Newtown. Yeah. So you can catch it there. It's a limited release, so you'll have to come into King Street. But if you're interested in seeing Q&As with Maya in the flesh,
1: uh, they're doing Q&As on the 22nd of Feb and the 27th at Dendi Newtown. So just type in In My Blood It Runs, and do a bit of research yourself. Do yeah. 2% of the work. <laughs> <laughs> or you
0: can listen back to the interview we had with her on Movies, Movies, Movies a couple of weeks ago. That's right. That'll be up on the podcast. Yeah. Now, In My Blood It run- Runs, what would you give it in one word?
1: <sighs> oh, mm. I hate to sound cheesy, but moving. Is that cheesy? That's it is cheesy. cheesy. That's fine. Okay. I'm
2: going to give it a hospital. hospital. Hospital.
0: Interesting. Mm. All right, Jen, let's take a listen to your review of High Fidelity.
2: I'm looking for a record for my daughter. I just called to say I love you. Do we look like the kind of store that tells I just called to say I love you? Go to the mall.
0: What's your problem? Do
2: you even know your daughter? There's no way she likes that song. Oh, oh, oh. Is she in a coma?
0: Is that, a, <laughs> this is is the that second clip time. from the original? I've
1: trolled the producers twice now. Okay. We've done adaptations before, and I sent, like, with
2: Little Women, I sent in the old version. I get it. <laughs> no, so funny. Um, <laughs> oh my god, you guys. I mean, if you're going to do the original, I don't know why you wouldn't choose Joan Cusack's lines, but Because anyway.
1: they're so rude and F-rated.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing I will say about the new High Fidelity that it's missing, is it doesn't have Joan Cusack. I know that she's dancing on a table in School of Rock, but, like, that's a... That's a movie with Jack Black and Joan Cusack that I actually prefer more than the original High Fidelity. But this new High Fidelity, I got to say, I don't know anyone who isn't spiraling this year. I don't know anyone who hasn't hit like a rock bottom already within the first couple of months. Mercury's just gone into retrograde yesterday. It's fair day. It's going to be an exhausting Mardi Gras (laughs) month. And there's probably no other bacon and egg sandwich kind of show out at the moment that feels so (laughs) just like depressing and desperate and... uh, late 20s as High Fidelity, the new show, with Zoe Kravitz playing gender flip to John Cusack, Rob, short for Robin this time. She meets Parker Posey, wealthy Lena Dunham art mom, Jack Antonoff, Debbie Harry has a cameo. It's all about working in a record shop and going through your old breakups just like the old one, but this time it's a little more, I want to say, Triple J. I mean... They're in a record shop, but don't expect it to be super specific. They're still just talking about Bowie, mm. <laughs> um, which is cute.
0: Is it set back in time and or in p- present day? It feels
2: like it because she has a rotary phone and she's always punching in numbers on her rotary phone, but it is set now. She does still have a cracked iPhone. She's just living a little bit more analogue, which honestly, analogue and by representation, it's been a while. We see like a normal dorky average uh, tribe grinder the gay dude in this show, which is strange because every gay dude I've I've seen in the last few years has been like hyper flamboyant New Yorker. So this is kind of like... A huge step forward. (laughs) It's a huge step forward for the pub generation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This show literally is just How I Met Your Mother, but uh, with music.
2: Yeah, for sure. With a little soundtrack to the back of it and Zoe Kravitz. I I
1: actually found this adaptation more interesting than the original because I feel like the original is just uh, completely revolving around John Cusack and the very linear... Life of romance that he's had, whereas I feel like this one's jumping back and forth in a really cool way.
0: We've all been stuck behind the counter in a retail job and coping with heartbreak simultaneously. Is this a relatable film, would you yeah, say? Yeah,
2: oh, absolutely. It made me want to go and find one of the last remaining blockbusters and, you know, take it over. Why aren't we doing that? Also, the first time I've seen a shot in a TV
1: show of someone like packing down a shop. Like, you don't really get to see that kind of representation of people working in that workforce. It's Uh,
2: actually really nice to see. There's like a nice little montage at the end of the first episode where they pack down, they roll down the shutter. Yeah. They turn off all the lights. uh. Oh, we've all been there.
0: This is Movies, Movies, Movies. High Fidelity, the remake. What would you give it in a word?
2: Mm, Missy Jack Black. (laughs) High
1: maintenance. High maintenance.
0: Up next, Sydney Spotlight. We're looking at a niche internet themed film festival with ties to Art House and it's happening at Sydney's coolest underground cinema. Plus, we have double passes to give away to that one. So stick around. This is Hawa with iPhone on FBI 94.5. Hello. Hello.
3: Hello. 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 Hello.
0: On FBI ninety four point five. That is Harbour with iPhone. Right now, we are looking at something where you might be able to see a film shot on an iPhone. What's
3: happening? Moonbees,
0: yeah, I love Sydney. Moonbees, moonbees. Sydney Spotlight. Joining Film Lords Jen and I uh, Andre and I. <laughs> We have Connor Bateman, one half of Static Vision, a Sydney screening collective that are showing new films each month. And Connor, you're here to discuss this internet-themed, online-obsessed, fussy film festival, which is happening this weekend. Tell us, what is Hyperlinks all about?
4: So Hyperlinks is a weekend festival. We're screening 13 films across three days. It's a pretty full-on event, um, including nine short films. Most of those are things that have never played in Australia before. We've hunted across the globe for things that we think are strange, new, interesting, that have something to do with the internet. It could be shot on a phone. It could be a plot propelled by someone answering an email incorrectly. But they're just films that you'll never see anywhere else. And they're all loosely about the same theme.
2: So, your opening night film is Demon Lover. <laughs> and it's also going to be a huge event. Can you talk about the event, why you chose that film, yeah. and why you love
4: Demon Lover? Well, we thought, you know, people have their own ideas about what the internet is on film. It could be hackers, it could be something like War Games with Matthew Broderick in the 80s. But we thought Demon Lover by Olivia S.A.S. is this strange French thriller partially set in Tokyo, partially set in Paris... It's about like corporate espionage and like Japanese porn sites, basically, but it's really about like descending into the internet. What does it mean to own a part of the internet, to to fight for it, even something you don't know? So it's really a precursor to us knowing what the dark web is, um, but we chose that film because we think it really sets the right tone for the festival, and the event itself is the screening, and then afterwards there's going to be a few DJ sets at Pink Flamingo. We've got um, DJ Atro from Slim Set, will be playing.
0: You... <laughs> uh,
4: all I can think about when I think about Demon Lover
1: is Chloe Sevigny speaking French, which I love, because the whole time I'm watching the film, I'm like, is she actually bilingual? Did she just learn French for this film? Because she doesn't sound like she's a fluent speaker, but she just mm. commits to speaking French.
2: My favourite scene is when they go shopping and try and choose, for sure. Oh,
1: love that. Uh, I am frothing over the selection of L.A.T. Time, which, uh, if I understand correctly, is a film about a filmmaker who wants to get in touch with Miranda July, famous mumblecore filmmaker, and sets out on a documentary journey to go find her.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's um a film by uh, Quebec filmmaker Sophie badama macot And um it's so funny. It's this half-real documentary, half-fiction film about her and her cinematographer after a few mishaps in Quebec, deciding that they'll just email Miranda July and ask for advice over tea. And before hearing back, they just get in a van and drive from Quebec to Los Angeles. And what we see is their journey as they try to make a semblance of a film along the way. And it's just, it's this really hilarious parody of a lot of festival documentary culture. They stop and try and make a landscape film, it fails. They try and make a film about university students and politics, it fails. They try to make a film about a lonesome cowboy, it fails. And then they reach Los Angeles. And it's so absurd, really funny, and a gem that hasn't been screened outside of Canada.
0: Can I ask uh, Connor Bateman why you wanted to put on a film festival about the internet?
4: You sure can. Um, I mean... My co-programmer, Felix Hubble, and I, we we were looking at opportunities in Sydney for screened programs, like a here is a set on a theme. And the Art Gallery in New South Wales do it really well, Golden Age do it quite well, but it's few and far between. And so we thought, okay, we're going to make ourselves do this. We screen one new thing every month, we're going to force ourselves to screen at least 10 things over a weekend, what do we want to screen? And it actually started from a few films. We were like, I knew I wanted to screen LAT Time somewhere. We knew we wanted to screen this film zeros and ones this desktop film knew we had to screen it somewhere and more and more films that we collected we were like it's about the internet there's a familiar theme here which is you know it's all got to do with the way we interact with our screens and strangely enough no one seems to have grouped them together before here and so we're like, okay, let's go for it. Let's, let's see how many we can get, how many great films we can get on the same theme. And that's kind of how it started.
0: I like that it's like a playlist when you're putting playlists together really and you're is, just yeah. like, and this song, and this song, and this song.
1: I was actually quite surprised looking at the lineup at how many different films can all be related back to the internet. Because I, don't, I think when you say internet film festival, people assume that it's just all going to be, you know, video game, digital, MIA, music videos. But it's actually about a whole branch of different things.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's, there's, there's films like L.A.T. Time, you see a computer once. It's when she sends the email. That's a that's a road trip film. We've got we've got a film, um, Sakawa, which is a, a Ghanaian film about sort of catfishing people, and you see a screen a few times, but it's really about social realism.
2: Mm. So we're giving away five double passes. No no no, no, Wait, no double two double passes, passes two five films. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Over the weekend, there's 13 films to choose from. That's a sweet deal, right there. That's though, a sweet deal. Say. Text in your favorite internet film.
0: <laughs> yeah, or if you want, just give us a call right now. Get in touch with producer Lindsay and that double pass could be yours. The number to call is eight double three double two triple nine. Check out hyperlinks.sydney.com for more information on this film festival that's going down Friday 21st to 23rd of February that's this weekend, all weekend 13 films screening across the weekend at Pink Flamingo Cinema in Marrickville now if you don't get in and win one of these double passes, how does ticketing work? Can you buy uh, a season pass for the whole weekend? Yeah, so we've
4: done a few passes, you can get a five-film pass, which I think is what you'll be giving away. It'll be actually five films rather than two. So we will be two five-film passes. You can buy that or you can buy a full festival pass. Um, we do individual tickets as well, so if there's just one you're desperate to see, don't worry, you can do that as well. And to get those, you can just go to our website, which is hyperlinks.sydney.
0: Beautiful. Eight double three double two triple nine is the number to call. If you want one of those double passes, thank you so much to Connor Bateman from Static Vision coming in and telling us a little bit about Hyperlinks going down this weekend. And Film Lord's Jen and Andre, always a pleasure to hear what's happening in the world of cinema and right here in our own backyard as well.
3: <laughs> we'll catch
0: you next Monday. And don't forget, you can go to at movies, underscore movies, underscore movies, underscore on Instagram if you want to read back over two reviews. You're on Mornings, FBI 94.5. Coming up soon, something from A Girl. Bye. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at
3: fbiradio.com slash podcasts.